Hello, this is Pastor Bob Gray. Thank you for taking the time to listen to our podcast here at Emmanuel Baptist Church of Longview. I trust the services will be a blessing to you. If I can do anything for you, please let me know. You can find our information on the website at ebclongview.com. Let's go right into the services of Emmanuel Baptist Church. Enjoy God's Word. We are looking forward tomorrow to uh, uh, having dinner with... uh, uh, Pancho and Connie Vasquez. Pancho spent uh, some time in, uh, at Mount Hebron years ago, and we have uh, maintained our friendship during all these years. And uh, my, our, it's, this is this is interesting. Uh, our 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 daughter and son-in-law, what's his name, Henry, uh, <laughs> are in a missions conference at uh, Parkside Baptist Church in Mesquite. Uh, this same week, so we're going to meet tomorrow evening. Brother Poncho is going to take us over there, and we're going to meet them for dinner. Our son Jonathan is in a missions conference in California at Brother Ezekiel Salazar's church, and uh, our grandson is also in that conference. So all four of us are in uh, missions conferences, trying to drain these church all the money we can get out of them. <laughs> I was preaching to church in Dallas, hey, Brother Bowen. Isn't it true that? Everything reminds an old man of a story. So you just kind of put up with this for a few minutes. I was preaching at church in Dallas years ago, and uh, the, uh, after the service on Sunday night, the pastor took, us out, took me out to, lunch, uh, to dinner. I was by myself. So we got to the restaurant. Well, there was another pastor and his wife and a couple from the, the other pastor's church. So we all went in. We were sitting around the table having fellowship and uh, enjoying a meal. And uh, these two preachers started joking with me about being a missionary, using saying mutinary and mercenary and all these different euphemisms. And uh, real serious. And I said, uh, uh, you know, if you guys knew how hard we missionaries have to work to get what little money out of you we get, you wouldn't be talking like this. And I said, if you think I depend on you, you're mistaken. I do not need your money. God takes care of me. By the way, God takes care of missionaries. And uh, I said, if you think I need your money, you're mistaken. I took the, the love offering envelope out of my pocket, tore it in half, and threw it at him. I said, I don't need your stinking money. God takes care of me. And then they, they, I thought they were going to cry. They started to apologize. Oh, Brother Ashcraft, we're, we love missionaries. We're, we would never offend you. And I said, and if you knew missionaries like you think you know missionaries, you would know. I've already been to the bathroom, took the check out of the envelope, and nothing in the envelope. I may be crazy, but I ain't stupid. And by the way, you young missionary, Brother Ethan, don't try that. Don't do that. You let... You let the old guys do that. John chapter 12, please. And again, thank you. Emily and I have enjoyed being here so much. Uh, This is one of our favorite places to be, and you have treated us magnanimously. Thank you so much for all of your kindness and uh, for your attention. John chapter 12. If... uh, You have a Bible signed by Dr. Lee Robertson. Verse 24 was his life's verse. I'm just going to read that verse and then we'll go into some, I think, something. I don't think you're going to like this sermon. And one reason I don't think you're going to like it is because I don't like it. This is the kind of sermon that 
is so convicting that it makes even the preacher uncomfortable. So however uncomfortable you are made by the truths that we're going to cover, uh, I'm right along there with you. Verily, verily, I say unto you, except a corn of wheat fall into the ground and die, it abideth alone. But if it die, it bringeth forth much fruit. Heavenly Father, thank you for all that we've seen and heard tonight. Thank you for the beautiful music that has lifted our hearts and our spirits and reminded us of so many wonderful things that you do for us and that you have done, that you want to do. I thank you for Brother and Mrs. Sage. Thank you for their lives. Thank you for their willingness to go where most of us will never go and uh, reach people that most of us will never have an opportunity to reach. Please bless them. And I pray that you bless the preaching of your word tonight. I pray that each one of us would very earnestly and honestly examine his and her life and help us to come to the conclusion that you want us to come to tonight. You have something for every one of us, and I pray that as we go into your word that it would be preached and taught in such a way that it would be received with grace and uh, that it would have its desired effect in our lives. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Life reduced to its basic components is a matter of sowing and reaping. And we usually see this concept in terms of immediate gain or loss. This verse contains a formula for anyone who wants to live a meaningful life. God made us for the eternal, but we are earthly, we're carnal, we're sold into sin, as Paul says in Romans 7:14. The discipline of constantly living with the eternal in view rather than the temporary and making decisions that favor the spiritual rather than material is one of the greatest challenges of the Christian life. And especially when you think about the kind of world that we live in today. But in order for the spiritual, the eternal to live, the carnal, the earthly, the temporal has to die. Notice that Jesus did not say if the seed of wheat does not die. He said, if the corn of wheat does not die, the corn of grain or the corn of wheat dies so that it can become something more significant. So it can become seed. The grain dies, the grain disappears. It loses its original function. A grain of wheat is to be ground into corn and turned into flour to make bread or flour tortillas, or its original function, the crust for pecan pie. I'm gonna preach the Bible whether you like it or not. But this corn or grain of wheat that Christ speaks of has another purpose. Its purpose is to become a seed so that it can multiply, produce fruit. The grain dies in order to become something much more than it would have been without dying. In the case of the, wheat, the, the corn of wheat, there is a necessary process for it to become more than what it would have been. 
And this process, Jesus calls dying. I know that Jesus was talking about his own death, but it is impossible not to apply this to us. Jesus said, if, leaving open the possibility that the wheat might not fall into the ground and die. And we know that Jesus' death was prophetically inevitable. Luke 24, 7, the Son of Man must be delivered into the hands of sinful men and be crucified and the third day rise again. This must refers to Jesus. The if refers to us. The Apostle Paul talks about dying. He says in 1 Corinthians 15, 31, I protest by your rejoicing, which I have in Christ Jesus, our Lord, I die daily. He says in Philippians 1.21, for me to live is Christ and to die is gain. It seems strange to us to hear someone speak of death as gain. And then in verse 22, he says, but if I live in the flesh, this is the fruit of my labor. Yet what I shall choose, I wot not, or I know not. For I'm in a strait betwixt two, having a desire to depart to be with Christ, which is far better. I call this a sweet dilemma. In Colossians 3.15 or 3.5, it says, mortify therefore your members which are up on the earth. And preacher, that does not mean that you're supposed to mortify the members of the church. It's talking about our, our, phys- our bodily members. I just thought I'd throw that in there. <laughs> Sounds strange to talk of death in positive terms. Nobody wants to die. I do not want to die. I take 15 pills every morning because I don't want to die. And uh, by the way, and they're, they're mostly supplements and stuff like that. Anyway, nobody wants to die. We take hold of this life with every ounce of our strength. Uh, we resist death. People my age, 49, 50 years old, there's that spirit of unbelief again. (laughs) Spend fortunes trying to avoid what will happen to all of us sooner or later. Getting old and dying, unless of course Jesus comes before then. But Jesus said that in order for the grain of wheat to reach more than just a single grain of wheat, for it to reach its full potential, so that it becomes a seed that will produce more grains of wheat, it has to die. For it to become a seed that produces much more than its original state, it must die. If you realize God's maximum design for you, something in you or something about you will have to die. Someone said we have to be willing to let go of the life that we plan in order to live the life that we have. Jesus is not teaching here a lesson on agricultural engineering. He was using agriculture to illustrate something very important about life. Something in us or something about us must die if we are to fulfill all that God has proposed for us. As long as I continue to live for the earthly, the temporary, I will only realize the minimum, the mediocre, what I myself can produce. The same thing that all other mediocre lives have produced. Something has to die. Something has to stop being. Something has to end its existence. 
Something has to be sacrificed. Now, let me illustrate how this applies to us. In reading the Gospels, it is obvious that the disciples expected Jesus to establish his earthly kingdom during the time in which they were living. I I get the impression that they assumed that he would lead a political or a military campaign against the oppression of Rome and that he would return Israel to the glory it had known under David or Solomon. That was their dream. The mother of the sons of Zebedee asked for special positions for her children in the kingdom in Matthew 2019. But for God's purpose to be realized in their lives, that dream had to die. Their grain of wheat had to fall in the ground and die. And did it ever die? What a cruel and unjust death it did die. Can you imagine how confused the disciples must have been when Jesus died? Yes, you can. Because some of your dreams have died. Perhaps inexplicably. But from that grain, that dead dream, God raised something far greater and more glorious than what they could ever imagine, a spiritual eternal kingdom. And he shall reign over the house of Jacob and of his kingdom there shall be no end. Joseph had a dream that his parents and his brothers would bow down to him. If that dream does not die, Joseph would have died in the pit where his brothers had put him. If that dream does not die, Joseph would never become prime minister of Egypt because he would have allowed his frustrated dream to bring forth the root of bitterness against God. Same happened with Abraham. Abraham had a dream. His dream was for Isaac to inherit his name, to raise up an offspring for him. Abraham dreamed of having grandchildren, family, And at a very old age, his dream was realized. Abraham thought that his dream had come true. Isaac was born. But one day God asked Abraham to do something very strange. He asked him to take the life of that boy and sacrifice him. God had never asked anyone to do that before. And as far as I know, he has not done that again. Abraham obeyed God. He put his dream on an altar. And in Abraham's heart and mind, his dream died. But God raised up from that dead corn of wheat something much more than what Abraham had ever dreamed. What I'm saying is that when things look the darkest, when your dream seems to have died... When the process becomes so painful that it seems that you're going to die, it is precisely then that God can do something. God does nothing significant with one who is not willing to die. Physical death is the total cessation of all organic function. A dead person can only move if another moves him. A dead person can only get dressed if another dresses him. The dead are completely at the mercy of another, controlled by another. That is the death of the corn of wheat. For God to control anything, he must control everything. 
And if he does not control everything, he controls nothing. And for most of us, that implies some kind of death. Something small has to die so that something greater is resurrected. My pride has to die. My desires have to die. My plans have to die. My ambitions have to die. My dreams have to die. My preferences have to die. My image has to die. My self-esteem has to die. My, oh boy, my feelings have to die. I'm crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live, yet not I, but Christ liveth in me. And the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by the faith of the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. That is the death I have to die if I'm going to realize and accomplish and have everything that God has for me. I cannot do it while I'm still holding on to my dreams and my desires and my plans and my agenda in my own way. Moses had a dream the freedom of his people. God told him that he wanted him to deliver his people from the oppression and slavery of Egypt. Moses took things into his own hands. <laughs> he started his administration by killing an Egyptian and hiding him in the sand. Give me a break. Hiding a body in the sand? How smart could that be? Moses' dream died. Moses spent 40 years in the desert. His dream was dead. I get the impression that Moses had forgotten his dream. He had supposed that God had forgotten his dream. Moses was going through a process, a painful process, a long, humiliating, lonely process. I believe what I'm going to say, and I'm, when I get to heaven, I'm going to try to confirm it. I believe that when that bush caught fire, Moses thought that God was shooting him and his aim missed and he hit the bush. Now, I, I can't confirm that. I can't prove it, but you can't prove it's not true. Maybe that's when, when Moses started to stutter. Guarantee you, both a lightning hits a bush by you and it starts burning, didn't consume. I'll guarantee you'd stutter too. <laughs> Two or three things about the death of the grain of wheat. Number one, nobody else can go through that process for you. And I know somebody's saying, what does this have to do to mission work? Everything. Everything. Every missionary, every man of God, every great Christian, every, every, every born again believer who is used by God in, in almost any degree has to experience this. There is something that you have to let go. Amen. There's something that you just have to let die. There's just something you have to turn loose of in order for God to do for you and through you what he wants to do. 
Death is very personal. Christ died for us and he is the only one who can die for another. But Christ did not die because of his dream. Christ died for your sins and for mine. Number two, the death of the grain of wheat can be painfully slow. In some cases, it may seem endless. It is humiliating. It takes away your self-esteem. When the corn of wheat falls to the ground, it disappears. Nobody sees it. No one accompanies it. No one sympathizes with it. It has to die alone, abandoned, set apart, and forgotten. You know why there are so few that are greatly used of God? Because there is nothing attractive about this process. There is nothing glorious about being underground. Nothing that appeals to the flesh. I told you you were not going to like this. The grave hides you. The grave separates you. Nobody comforts you. No one is there to cheer you up, pat you on the back, make you laugh. It is a lonely process. Number three, if you are going to be more than mediocre, more than ordinary, if your life is going to be significant, more than a flour tortilla or a cinnamon roll, you're going to have to go through this process. There is no way around it. There are no options. There's no alternative. There is no substitute for the death of the corn of wheat. And there's no substitute for the death of your dream. Do not run away. Do not take it back. Do not seek to hide yourself. Do not try to avoid it. You will only lose. Only Abraham could put Isaac on the altar. Only Moses could spend those 40 years in the desert. Only Joseph could occupy the pit in the jail cell. And only Jesus could remain on the cross of Mount Calvary. And only you can go through the process in which God converts your dead dreams into his, into his wonderful purposes. From the ashes of what you and I believe is destruction and despair, God raises something more beautiful and brighter than we would ever imagine. And only your faith in a sovereign God and a kind and loving God will sustain you as you go through the process of the death of the corn of wheat. Someone said, I have to be willing to let go the life that I had planned in order to live the life that God has planned. But listen to this, if I cling to what I have planned, which I cannot live anyway, I lose that life and the life that God is offering me. Amen. Hebrews 10.35, cast not away therefore your confidence, which hath great recompense of reward. For ye have need of patience, that after ye have done the will of God, ye might receive the promise. For yet a little while, and he that shall come will come, and will not tarry. Now the just shall live by faith. But if any man draw back, my soul shall have no pleasure in him. But we are not of them that draw back unto perdition, but of them that believe to the saving of the soul. Verily, verily, I say unto you, except a corn of wheat fall into the ground and die, it abideth alone. But if it die, it bringeth forth much fruit. Let me ask you a question. 
do you want a great harvest? Emmanuel Baptist Church, do you want a great harvest? Amen. Missionary, do you want a great harvest? Mom and dad, do you want a great harvest? What will you have to let die in order for God to work in your life? Success, social position, money, career, plans. You will never know what you lost if you continue to live your life according to your own wishes and your own desires. Prophet Ezekiel had a dream. He was a great prophet, but one of the least heeded of all the prophets. Just imagine this, every day, Ezekiel, that good man, that sincere servant of God, ended his day rejected and ignored. But at least he had the consolation that at home there was a lovely lady who loved him and understood him and believed in him. And suddenly the Lord took away the desire of his life, of his eyes. Perhaps the only beautiful thing in Ezekiel's life died in an instant. And the worst thing was that God told him not to cry, not to lament or mourn, not let his tears run down his cheeks, to suppress his sigh. Son of man, behold, I take away from thee the desire of thine eyes with a stroke. Yet neither shalt thou mourn nor weep, neither shall thy tears run down. Forbear to cry, make no mourning for the dead. Bind the tire of thine head upon thee, and put on thy shoes upon my, thy feet, and cover thy lips, and eat not the bread of men. And then Ezekiel said something in verse 18 that is absolutely astounding. He said, so I spake unto the people in the morning, and that even my wife died, and I did in the morning as I was commanded. Let me ask you a question. What would you do the morning after your dream dies? That is the moment that will define what you really are. And the degree of seriousness of your commitment and your relationship with God. I abhor teaching on giving that says that giving will solve all of your financial problems. That is not true. I want to tell you how to solve all your financial problems. Go to work, make money, uh, get out of debt or avoid debt, honor God with your money, and make wise purchases. That solves your financial problems. Giving to God, the purpose of giving, the purpose of making that faith promise commitment is not so that you can solve your fund. You cannot give your way out of financial difficulty. Amen. Giving to God is a matter of obedience. Amen. 
giving to God, your, whether it's your tithe or your faith promise, is a matter of simply obeying God's commands. But when you do that, you initiate a process of blessing that may not have anything to do with money, but it has everything to do with obeying and honoring God. And for you to do what God wants you to do with your money, something may have to die. Your financial planning may have to completely be renovated. There's something in, in, uh, heaven forbid, you might have to give up your cell phone. Boy, wouldn't that be a tragedy? You might have to put off buying that new car for a year or two years. You may have, you, you may have to, uh-oh. You, you might not be able to go on vacation. Well, let me ask you a question. What is worse? Not being able to go on vacation, and I'm not telling you you should not go on vacation. Not being able to go, go on vacation or dying and going to hell without ever had a copy of the Word of God in your hand that can tell you how to go to heaven when you die. I, I told you you were not going to like this. And I don't like it any more than you like it. But something has to die. I'm going to make one or two more statements and I'm through. Every missionary that I know in any country that you can pick has to change his or her lifestyle in order to go to the mission field. Let me ask you a question. What right do I have to ask a missionary to change his lifestyle in order to go to the mission field if I'm not willing to change my lifestyle in order to send him. That's not fair. It's not right. And God is a fair God. If I expect him, if I expect the Jones and the sages uh, to change their lifestyle and brother Ethan to change his lifestyle in order to go to those places, I should be willing to change my lifestyle in order to have enough money to send him. And if that happens, more than likely, something is going to have to die. If the corn of wheat fall not into the ground and die, it abideth alone. But if it die, it bringeth forth much fruit. That is totally contrary to the thinking of this world. It absolutely contradicts every economic model that you can think of. But it is in total accordance with the model of the Word of God. Thank you for taking the time to listen to the podcast of the sermons from Emmanuel Baptist Church of Longview. We trust that the sermons and God's Word was a blessing to you and yours. Please visit us at ebclongview.com. If we can do anything for you, please let us know. Have a great day.